Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. everybody right now that there's a uh, Philadelphia 76ers game oh. during the show tonight. Uh, Delgado, I want to let you know right off the bat. <laughs> right off the because bat, look out. Look out during the commercials. It's going to be, uh, oh my goodness. you know what's going to happen. This <laughs> <Yep. laughs> is going to be take, co- take cover time, maybe. Or it could be good if they uh, you know if they decide to show up tonight and win game two. So I might be slinging something across at the TV. <laughs> Literally. <Yeah. laughs> Live from Studio 6B on a Wednesday night. Glad you're in. Lots to do. Lots to get to tonight, as it seems each and every night there is. Um, Rick Delgado is going to do the news. How are you? I am well. How about yourself? Very good. How was your day? It was, uh, it was, it was busy. It was busy. It was busy. I was finishing up the what even is that for tonight. Ooh, oh, what even nice. is that tonight? Yeah. Nine o'clock? Right here on a Wednesday night. What is the subject of your uh, what even is that? Let's see. Handicapable. I'm sorry? Handicapable. Handicapable. Yes. I don't even know what that means. All right. Good. That's your clue. Okay. That's Very why they good. call it a clue. All right. Excellent. You get one. All right, what even is that? Nine o'clock. Slick Rick's going to be doing sports all night. Slick Rick, how are you? I'm doing great, Big D. How was your day? My day was marvelous. My night, we'll see. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's good. You had a marvelous day. That's a good adjective to put on it. I always like that. Marvelous day. I had a good day today as well. Um, You know what I... Have you heard uh, Luke Combs' remake? Uh, Friend, have you heard Luke Combs' remake of uh, Tracy Chapman's Fast Car? I haven't heard that. Oh, I really like it. Really? Haven't heard it. Buddy you know, just went to see Luke Combs. You know what weekend. I like about it is he kept it very, very close to her original, which needs no wow. work, no remaking. It's a great song. Classic. <laughs> and um, he does a good job of it. I like him anyways, but I, I specifically like that remake he did. It sounds really good. Production on it's good. Engineering on it's really good. It's real, real good sound, rich sound. And, of course, he sounds great on it. It's a good remake. Well, see, that's my problem with remakes. If they sound too close to the original, then why did you remake the song? Well, because he's got a different voice than she does. And, well, um, I know that. Not many, I don't think Thanks. anyone else has. Has anyone else covered that song other than when she, when she put it out? Probably in the 80s, right? I don't know. It's gotta Probably be Simply Red or somebody like that, but I, I, don't, I don't know. I'll have to look up if anyone else has covered that, but he's, he's good. Has. I like it. I like it. He kept it close, but it's still different enough to be. It's a good cover. Um, uh, I got a. Elizabeth Gillies covered it. 
Oh, okay. I don't, I don't know her version. Maybe. I don't even know her. Is Maybe. that Mickey Gilly's relation, relationship to Mickey Gilly? Not at all. I have okay. no clue. Um, a lot of love for Gordon Lightfoot last night. Got a lot of emails and texts and all kinds of communication on the Gordon Lightfoot. People um, really resonated. Spending some time listening to the music. Fran picked out the music. It was great. And you people know, liked it. So uh, You know what I think part of it was? And I found myself doing the same thing, not realizing, oh, that was him too. And like, oh, yeah, I remember that song. Yeah. And like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, great stuff. Yeah. So I think it kind of it kind of reminds people of some some songs from the past that you forget about that you have good good association with or a good memory of and be like oh I remember that song Slick Rick you'll be happy to know I saw the great Harry on the highway today oh he is yeah you know, over at the Let's America's see. First Warehouse I went over there and I had some really nice people come up to me to tell me uh, how important the show is to them this show really yes very nice lovely lady came up to tell me. A husband came over and said, I just want you to know you got my wife through the, um, through the midterm elections because I thought she was going <laughs> to. And I said, well. <laughs> I thought we were. <laughs> going to lose it. And then she came over and she said, he's, he's telling you the truth. You did. And then, and then a nice lady came over to me and just said, I just want to let you know how much we appreciate what you guys do. You make it fun. You make it whatever. And she just used a just beautiful uh, description of what the show means. So it's nice. And Harry always tells me, got to get out there. Got to talk to the people. There's a lot of people out there. Can't be stuck in the studio. So we're going to try to do that. But uh, so he's, I guess he's right. I guess Harry's right. I hate to say it. <laughs> <laughs> get on the highway, Big D. Come uh, on. But Harry on the highway is over at the America's First Warehouse tonight working on um, David Zier's special with the J6 families. And I saw Joe the Box, the owner of the America's First Warehouse, and he says some of the footage that they're showing tonight that possibly has not been seen. Maybe this is stuff that Tucker had that he never got to. I don't know, but he, I think he said they haven't, no one's seen it. He said it's tremendous. So keep an eye out for David Zier's um, special on Real America's Voice here coming up. Do they have I, a date yet for when they're gonna? I don't know. Broadcast I don't know. Or? I told David Zier when he's done tonight if he wants to. If we're still in the eight to ten two hours, if he wants to, if he can make it here, drive here and um, pop in the studio, he's more than welcome. So we'll Definitely. see if he does that. But so. yeah, just have him stop in for hour number three. I still, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I still got a lot of requests for hour number three. So <laughs> yeah, uh, but the Harry on the highway is good. Slick Rick, he said to say hello. Rick, he didn't say to say hello to you. Well, well I'm not, not sure why, but uh, but I'm sure he he, he wants to. So, <laughs> um, well, so the Federal Reserve was out today at two o'clock, and um, I don't know. Just not. I, I I I don't know. He knows more than I do, so I guess I should just play along. But I just thought, man, like read the room, Jack. Read the room. See what's going on. But um, no. He tells us the banking system is strong. And, I, and I'm just wondering, as, a, as really a lay person when it comes to all this, I, don't, you know, I try to listen and learn and read, but I don't know nearly as much as a lot of people. How many more mid-sized banks need to fail for the system to not be resilient and strong? I just wonder. Two of the top three bank failures in history we've seen in the last two months, three months since March, now, today, he raises rates again to put us to five and to five and a quarter at the federal fund rate. 
doesn't even commit fully to a pause, says, well, we're going to take it data dependent and da, 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 da. And then throughout the day, if you could throw up my screen, Aaron, here's Pacific Western Bank. They're, they're pretty decent size. Well, they only tanked 70% today. That's it? <laughs> Down to $3.61. There's the chart. If you're a shareholder, this is, this is you now thinking, uh, 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 hello? <laughs> Here's Western Alliance Bank. They're only down, they were down 4% um, and maybe next on the list. That's their chart. Here's the sell-offs in banking, banking stocks today. This, when you find, oh, there's one green, Zion's Bank Corp. Okay, uh, 11% in the green. Western Alliance down 25.94. PacWest at this time was down 54. You can't see it down there, but uh, now down 70. And I don't know. He tells us the banking system is resilient and strong. I, I, I just, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't get it. Yeah, it's like it, the same people who tell us the, the consumers, hanging on. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny. I got this from Mises. Uh, I don't know if you, you visit them much. I, I, I would assume you do. Um, but they're saying they've got a headline here and a story about Charles Schwab and other big banks that may be secretly insolvent. Well, there's been questions about Schwab now for probably three months. I've seen the CEO on, on CNBC probably three times in the last three months trying to uh, fear, c calm fears that there's anything wrong at Schwab. So right. that and, does not surprise me. And according to this, Charles Schwab had over $173 billion in assets marked as held to maturity. Yeah, to maturity, probably 10 years. Yeah. A lot of these bonds these guys bought have 10 years, and now their mark-to-market on their balance sheets is underwater. And they've got deposits that are also leaving the bank. People are taking their money out of these mid-sized banks and moving it to Bank of America, Citibank, and J.P. Morgan. And effectively, we're nationalizing the banking system. I mean, that's effectively what's going on. And they're not going to say that. But when you look at what the FDIC is doing, basically taking on a silver platter and going, here, J.P. Morgan, pick this up. Yeah. Now, I, I know there's rules regulating all of this, how much what percentage J.P. Morgan can actually hold. And so they'll argue against that they're not, this is not on purpose, and they're not just trying to make J.P. Morgan the biggest bank in the world, and the, you know. But I, I, just don't, I just don't get it. I don't get w what the point of 25 basis points today is. Well, my question is... If so everything J breaks, you're going to have to cut them by 25 in, in, in a couple of weeks. Right, but, but if J.P. Morgan takes on all these, let's say, let's say almost worthless assets, how much does that hurt them as well? I mean, I, I don't understand um, how by saying, okay, you know, J.P. Morgan, you know, you're going to buy this for us. And They're not gonna, worthless assets. They're only worthless if you've, if, you've, if you've given out more than you have. Right, but when, when you, your balance sheet is upside down, they're not that they're worthless. It's just that you can't make it to maturity. Right, but how many more can they take on till they become in trouble? You know what I mean? I mean, I mean they're, not a, they're not a bottomless pit, are they? J.P. Morgan has, uh, I don't know what the assets under management are, but there's, uh, there's, no, uh, 
There's no chance of that happening. Right, but aren't their assets also losing value? I mean, it can't be just, you know, all these other banks, all their assets are in trouble, but our, our assets yes, are good. It, because- yes, it is, because these guys didn't hedge their risk against getting off of zero. J.P. Morgan, I, I, I haven't looked at their latest whatever filing, but I guarantee you J.P. Morgan doesn't have the ratio of long-term bonds that are, whatever their value was when they bought them, are now down whatever from going from zero to 5% interest rates. And they probably hedged those interest rates on the way up, which is what we talked about, um, not Silvergate, whatever the other one was there. So it was a Silvergate that they didn't, the one in Cal, the first one that went down. Oh, Silicon. S- Silicon Valley, right. right. That There was no hedging. They did no hedging from zero to Two five. Then he started raising by fifty basis points a hike. He did four of those in a row. They never hedged. They never hedged. I saw my man meet Kevin today. Oh, you Democrat. That's no, fine. <laughs> um, he he tweeted out something like so. about the banks and again about this basic the same idea. Uh, here it is. He said, looking at PacWest, stock is down 55% as the bank is potentially next to fail. In their annual report, there's more clear talk about demographics, race, and gender than risk management procedures. Time to, reply, time to replace demo, uh, demographic charts with competence charts. Go woke, go broke. And here you go. Asian, black or African-American, Hispanic. Uh, this is what the, it was the same thing over at Silicon Valley. You saw these people with these titles, all this woke nonsense, DEI nonsense. This is what they're focused on. They weren't for, focused on hedging against their long-term mortgage-backed securities or bonds that they bought. That when we go to zero to five and a, 5% on the federal fund rate, oh, guess what? You're going to be underwater. And then you get a run on the banks because people think you're in trouble. And it's nighty night, sweet prince. That's it. And it happens quick. So the Fed today, again, I I don't get it. I I just don't get it. You're going to have more banks failing or being taken over. And they're going to have no choice but to cut the 25 that they just raised today. We'll see how long. Maybe I'm wrong. We'll see. All right, just getting started on a Wednesday. Sports and news coming up. the blues on a wednesday night let me talk to you about our friends at birch gold you know president trump gonna be on that cnn town hall next week recently issued a warning from his mar-a-lago home he said quote our currency is crashing and will soon no longer be the world standard which will be our greatest defeat frankly in 200 years There are three reasons that central banks are dumping the U.S. dollar. Inflation, deficit spending, and our insurmountable national debt, now standing at around $32 trillion. The fact is, 
There's one asset that has withstood famine, wars, and political and economic upheaval dating back to biblical times, and that, of course, is gold. And you can own it in a tax-sheltered retirement account with the help of Birch Gold. That's right, Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k, maybe from your previous employer, right into an IRA in gold. And the best part is you don't pay a penny out of pocket. Just text America to 989898. Get your free information kit. They'll hold your hand throughout the whole process. Think about this. When currencies fail, gold is the safe haven. How much more time does the dollar have? Well, protect your savings with gold. Birch Gold has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. Thousands of satisfied customers. Text America to 989898. Get your free information kit on gold. Again, text America to 989898 right there on your screen and uh, do it today. All right, 18 past the hour, live from Studio 6B on a Wednesday. Glad you're part of the show. All our friends in the Getter Chat, hello to you. Thank you for all the emails. Those of you sending in receipts from Mike Lindell, we're going to be working on those orders this week, getting them out. We're a little behind because uh, we had a lot come in last week, so we're still getting them. And then uh, it, would, it would help us if we could just get the emails forward and no screenshots. said that last night. It's so much quicker that your shipping information goes automatically right in. On a picture, we really can't do much except retype everything from scratch, and it just slows it all down. So if you can, uh, forward us your email that you get from Mike Lindell when you make your purchase. It'll show your promo code. It'll show your information uh, in your order. And then we can get you out what you want from 6bmerch.com. Slick Rick, what's going on? All right, big deal. Let's get some updates on scores. We'll go to the TD Garden up in Boston. Game two, big night. Sixes are up one nothing after that upset win Monday night. Joel Embiid, the NBA 2022-2023 MVP on the floor right now for the Sixes. But uh, Celtics are up right now by three, possibly going up by four if uh, Jalen Brown hits this uh, extra this uh, free throw here. <laughs> so we're keeping an eye on the score. Tight and, tight and heavy. Good game, though, but uh, I think the Celtics look like they got a good skip in this. At least step, you're so. not yelling yet. That's not good. yet, not yet. And NHL, let's go to the ice. Uh, big one as well. East second round, game one underway down in Carolina. Hurricanes jumped out to a 3-0 lead. Devils just scored, so it's 3-1, to 12 and a half to go in the second period. And the Oilers and Golden Knights, the Vegas Golden Knights, they're going to be hosting Edmonton tonight out west in Vegas. West second round, game one, 9.30 puck drop. We'll probably have a little update on that before we get off the air. A couple of baseball scores. The Tigers over the Mets, 6-1, to one, top seven. Braves are bombing the Marlins, 13-4, middle of the fifth. Rays, 6-1 over the Pirates, bottom six. Mid-fifth, Cubs and Nationals tied at one. Uh, bottom of the fifth, Gardinal, Card, Guardians. <laughs> That's the wrong name. Uh, Guardians up 2-1 to one over the Yankees. And uh, Twins, 4-3 over the White Sox, bottom four. Blue Jays lead the Red Sox, 2-0, bottom four as well. Also bottom four, Orioles and Royals, no score. Angels and Cardinals tied at one, bottom of the second. And uh, Tigers over the Mets earlier tonight, 6-5. to five. I guess they're in the second game of the doubleheader now. Diamondbacks 12-7 over the Rangers. Astros uh, fell to the Giants, 4-2. Dodgers over the Phillies, 10-6. The Padres over the Reds, 7-1. Brewers, Rockies, Mariners, Athletics out west, 8-40 and 9-40 uh, respectively uh, first pitch there. 
A quick story, Big D. Uh, well, Jackson Mahomes arrested for aggravated sexual battery after incident at Kansas City restaurant. I recognize that, that that name there, that last name. Warner Todd Houston of Breitbart reporting. Jackson Holmes, the brother of Kansas City Chiefs star quarterback Patrick Mahomes, has been arrested and charged with aggravated sexual battery in Kansas City. According to reports, Jackson was arrested on Wednesday morning and charged with three counts of aggravated sexual battery and a fourth count of battery. He was booked into the Johnson County Detention Center at about 7.42 a.m. and held on a $100,000 bond. He'll be arraigned at 1.30 today, uh, according to KCTV 5 News. According to the Overland Park Police Department, Mahomes was arrested after a report of an altercation between him and the owner of a local restaurant. The incident allegedly um, occurred on February 25th at Aspen's Restaurant and Bar and Lounge in Overland Park. A recently released video appeared to show Mahomes forcibly kissing a woman identified as the restaurant owner. Uh, the restaurant owner also accused Mahomes of being drunk and shoving one of her customers. Mahomes' attorneys addressed the accusations in March and said the video was misleading. Uh, we have provided law enforcement with the tools and evidence they need to evaluate the claims against Jackson. The statement said every interaction between people needs to be replaced placed in the proper context. And I'm sure he's got a good lawyer with his brother Patrick Mahomes. But uh, anyway, if convicted of aggravated sexual battery, Mahomes could be sentenced to up to 55 months in jail. So see how that unfolds there. Very interesting. A little distraction there, but he's the Super Bowl champ, the brother, and he's doing well. Uh, and that's a wrap in sports, Big D. Back to you. All right, Slick Rick, very good. 23 past the hour, live from Studio 6B. Sports is brought to you by Mike Lindell and MyPillow. Again, use our code LFS6B at checkout. God, sound like Biden there for a second. Um, <laughs> so speaking of Biden, probably the news of the day, and it kind of broke later in the day that I saw it, was yeah. this letter that broke from um, addressed to the Honorable Merrick Garland. Thank you. Um, dear Attorney General Garland and Director Christopher Wray, we have received legally protected and highly credible, unclassified, remember that word for right now, whistleblower disclosures. Based on those disclosures, it has come to our attention that the Department of Justice and the Federal Bureau of Investigation possess an unclassified FD-1023 form, that's an FBI form, that describes an alleged criminal scheme involving then-President, uh, Vice President Biden and a foreign national relating to the exchange of money for policy decisions. It has been alleged that the document includes a precise description of how the alleged criminal scheme was employed as well as its purpose. Based on the alleged specificity within the document, it would appear that the DOJ and the FBI have enough information to determine the truth and the accuracy of the information contained within it. However, it remains unclear what steps, if any, were taken to investigate the matter. The significant public interest in assessing the FBI's response to this information, as well as growing concern about the DOJ and the FBI's track record of allowing political bias to infect their decision-making process, necessitates exacting congressional oversight. The DOJ and FBI appear to have valuable, verifiable information that you have failed to disclose to the American people. Therefore, Congress will proceed to conduct an independent and objective review of this matter free from those agencies' influence. Chuck Crassley and James Comer. 
So I don't think it's um I don't think it's too short to call that a bombshell release, a bombshell accusation. And of course, the biggest word in that whole thing is right now the one that says unclassified, because the danger here is going to be what happens to this document between now that this is out in the public and when they've asked for it, which I think is like a week. I think they have a week to turn yeah, it have, over. They have till next Wednesday to turn it over. Uh-huh. And let me, let's, let me just go to the audience here. We'll come back and do news. <laughs> Why don't you in the chat right now, give me a percentage that you think Comer and Grassley, the chance of them getting an unclassified FBI document about this subject matter before next Wednesday, as it lies in there before we knew about this, however long this document's been around. What, give me the chances of you think uh, them getting a truthful, accurate, and still unclassified document as they've requested here. Let me know. We'll discuss when we get back. And joining me now from the Heritage Foundation is Richard Stern. He's the policy expert. Now, Richard, tell me right off the bat, what's the problem Democrats have with this bill? Oh, so here's the thing. They want to control more of your paychecks. They want to trample your rights and freedoms. And they understand that this bill is what conservatives say it is. It's a plan to reduce the government, to give you back your freedoms, and to give you back the money that you worked hard to earn, not to let the government keep it. Explain to our viewers why the country even needs a debt ceiling. We're one of the few countries in the world, I believe, other than Sweden, that has this. Why do we need this? What the debt ceiling does is stops the government from stealing all of the money that you've worked hard to produce. That's why we're one of the few countries that have it, because of our tradition of actually caring and respecting about the freedoms and rights of our people. It's really interesting what you had said to me is that the government's out of money, but the people are not. They're just out of your money. So tell me right now, is this going to pass or not? Oh, I think it's going to. If you look at what's going on right now, the Democrats have no plan. So they missed their opportunity. They keep talking about passing a clean debt ceiling. You can read that as a blank check with your name on the bottom that you're handing to Joe Biden. They haven't even put that on the floor. They have no plan whatsoever. They know with inflation this high, with interest rates this high, with unemployment starting to creep up, with wages not keeping up with prices, they know that they're dead in the water. So honestly, I'm very optimistic that we're going to get this plan through. And that's Richard Stern, the director of the federal budget for the Heritage Foundation. Thank you for joining Real America's Voice. I'm Christopher Carter in Washington, D.C. All right, 31 past the hour. Much thanks to Christopher Carter for all the great pieces we play just about every night here that we get from him. Great stuff. Uh, Slick Rick's doing sports. Rick Delgado's going to do the news. And what even is that? Top of the hour. Aaron and Fran holding it down as always. Uh, We'll get back to the Biden breaking news today. Uh, Steve Nelson has a piece in the New York Post about it. We've got some video from John Solomon, Marjorie Taylor Greene, some other people who have seen some of this. Uh, We'll get to some video of them, but let's do the news right now. News is brought to you by our friends at Early Treatment Meds. EarlyTreatmentMeds.com, all one word. If you're looking for that high dose of vitamin D, 
ivermectin, whatever it is you're looking for, they've got it. Earlytreatmentmeds.com. Use our code LFS6B at checkout. 50% off whatever you put in your cart. Rick Delgado, what's going on? All right. Besides that. (laughs) Well, that was going to be my lead story, but we'll get back to that later. Uh, Here's another story, and and I think we reported this when it first happened, um, but there hasn't been much. And then, of course, today came out uh, a big call on Twitter. I don't know if you saw it regarding Jamie Foxx and and his medical mystery. Um, A lot of people, including his daughter, again, calling for prayers. It almost seems three weeks into this, there doesn't seem to be much happening in terms of Jamie Foxx. But then all of a sudden, while people are, you know, freaking out on Twitter over asking for prayers, Jamie Foxx has spoken out for the first time this coming this evening, suffering from a medical complication in April, Fox took to Instagram, uh, writing, appreciate all the love and feeling blessed. Now, this is interesting because of something else that I found. It's also been reported um, when this first happened, it was reported that uh, Jamie Foxx had had a stroke and that things didn't look bad. His family rushed to his bedside. Um, he had to be revived. There were some there were some really major things happening in terms of his health. But it was also reported today. And I found this on Twitter. Remember I talked to you about the uh, Leonardo DiCaprio testifying in that money laundering scheme with the Fuji's guy? Yeah. Well, turns out uh, he wasn't the only one who was set to testify. Turns out Jamie Foxx was also uh, set to testify in the same case. So it'll be interesting to see what happens because he uh, he was part of this and not many people knew about it. So it'll be interesting to see what happens again. I don't know. It's just kind of crazy when you see all this stuff start start to come together. It really makes you scratch your head and start asking a bunch of questions. Like questions like what? Like what's going on with Jamie Foxx? Is is any of this stuff related? Of course, when the stroke first happened, everybody was saying vaccine related could be it was it was verified that that he had to be vaccinated to do movies and in what she was uh, on set and it was required for everyone to be vaccinated so that could be it um but now after you see what happened with the uh, DiCaprio testifying in the laundering and bribery trial uh, uh that affects the 2012 Obama campaign. It makes you think you, you've taken it from a vaccine injury to a, a mob hit uh I don't know I'm just throwing it out there. Let people think about, do your own research, see what you can find. Um, Now from the uh, I Did Not Kill Myself edition of the news, I've got more, believe it or not, when it comes to Jeffrey Epstein. You want to hear it? Yeah, of course. (laughs) Okay. Give us all the theories you can here in 14 minutes. This isn't a theory. (laughs) These are actually news stories. Okay. All right. Roll it. So now it <laughs> roll <laughs> it, it fiction and it has to. Hey, easy now. Oh man, hold on because I, I've got so many tabs now open. I want to make sure I get them all in order. <laughs> My mind's going blank now. <laughs> well, because it's important to the story. News brought to you by Joe Biden. <laughs> <laughs> it's important to make sure I get these in order for. Nano, no, no, I don't know. Right. <laughs> I don't know either. Which, right. I have no idea. Now just bear with me because this has to do. Well, we with, are. This has to do with what we were talking about earlier, and it has to do with um, J.P. Morgan Chase. Of course, that's coming up in the banking uh, uh, banking segment that we talked about earlier. Former Barclays boss Jess Staley has been accused of sexually abusing a woman at Jeffrey Epstein's Virgin Islands retreat, according to a new court ruling. Now, how does this tie to J.P. Morgan? Staley, a former private banking chief at J.P. Morgan, is alleged to have used aggressive force in the sexual assault of this Jane Doe. 
and that he had Epstein's permission to do what he wanted with her. The explosive revelation is the first direct accusation of sexual assault against Daly at the behest of Epstein as part of a ruling issued by the U.S. District Court uh, allowing specific claims against Epstein's estate to move forward. Staley, 66, has admitted a friendship with Epstein but has denied participating in the sexual assaults on women trafficked by the disgraced late financier. The claims say J.P. Morgan and Deutsche Bank were legally liable for their alleged facilitation of Epstein sex crimes and knowingly benefited from participating in the sex trafficking venture, Judge Rakoff wrote. So interesting, because again, this ties into the Epstein thing. Now, Jamie Dimon now comes into play. This another story, this one coming from uh, New York Post. He's getting deposed. He's now getting deposed. A federal judge on Tuesday ordered that J.P. Morgan CEO uh, Jamie Dimon set aside two days for depositions about what he knew about the bank's relationship with the sex offender and former client Jeffrey Epstein. The largest U.S. bank faces lawsuits seeking damages from women who claim that Epstein sexually abused them and by way the Virgin Islands uh, where the late financier had a home. J.P. Morgan is separately suing former private bank chief Jeff Jeff Staley, claiming he concealed what he knew about Jeff Steen and should cover the losses that may occur in the two lawsuits. So now, again, J.P. Morgan, Jamie Dimon is now being dragged into this Epstein thing. And now, if you remember back at the end of December, early um, January, the U.S. Virgin Islands AG, who filed the case against J.P. Morgan Chase, well, surprisingly, she was relieved of duties days after she filed this and the same time that President Joe Biden showed up at the U.S. Virgin Islands for a little bit of R&R. Um, let me see. Her name, Denise George, was relieved of her duties as the attorney general this weekend without offering further details, the governor of the U.S. Virgin Islands said and confirmed in a statement. Um, so it's interesting that all these things start to start to happen as soon as J.P. Morgan Chase has been exposed and seems to be caught up in this Jeffrey Epstein thing. And again, we mentioned the name, you know, Jamie Dimon, huge name when it comes to all this. And then... Uh, uh, to kind of tie this all together, um, again, the judge saying that J.P. Morgan Chase, the company, the bank, could be held responsible um, for the trafficking, the sex trafficking activities that were done by its former CEO, Jess Daly. Um, the judge rejected J.P. Morgan's argument that it could not be held liable for Epstein's actions because the bank did not have direct relationship with the victim. The case is one of several lawsuits, several lawsuits against J.P. Morgan related to its relationship with Epstein, who was a client of the bank for many years, even after he was a convicted pedophile. So there you have that. Okay, okay. Uh, Delgado, let's play a game of finish this <laughs> sentence. Ready? All, All of this right. leads to... Uh, we're going to start to finally see some of these names that we started seeing yesterday come out related to the Black Book, the clients, the people that visited Epstein Island. You finally. think so? You think so? Uh, we're, we're starting to see it. We've already got some of those names. Oh, yeah. Okay. Mm. We had okay. a whole list. Remember, we went through the list yesterday. Yeah. Well, I, I didn't know anybody, but maybe there's more. Well, you you definitely heard of uh, William Burns. He's a CIA director. Noam Chomsky. He's oh, one. I did know that Chomsky. Yes, I yes. knew. I knew that uh, name. Joshua Cooper Ramo. He's a FedEx board member. No, that not. might be uh, that might be a little uh, bit in trouble. Catherine Rumler. Remember her? No. 
Obama's fixer. She's been a, she's been a fixer with the Obama White House, and of course she's Goldman Sachs general counsel. Okay. So that is also now probably going to who knows maybe it'll expose. But it leads to the names Goldman coming Sachs. out. But really, where does it lead to? Uh, well, we're going to find out after he gets deposed. What the hell is he talking about? <laughs> yeah, talking about court cases. Okay. Talking about Jeffrey Epstein. And that wraps up this edition of I Didn't Kill Myself edition of the news. <laughs> okay, very good. There. All right, very good. Um, so a couple things on the Biden. Now, if we had a press in this country that was all interested in actually doing their job, the corruption that's there in the Biden family to be wrote, written about, investigated by someone other than just Miranda Devine and John Solomon, and maybe a few others, Biden would have already been impeached and removed from office already. Forget even what broke today. And y- y- your mind starts wondering. Are you, you going to do a theory? Is that um, I, 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 might, I might do a theory here. <laughs> all right. Your mind starts to wonder all of this stuff with Trump. You start to wonder if it's all with Bragg and with um, Atlanta in Georgia, and then uh, Jack Smith in D.C. You just wonder if it's all kind of being built up there so that they can kind of just go, well, I mean, I know you got this with Biden, but hey, look over here. Don't, don't forget about the shiny objects over here. Don't worry about the, the if it's all just to, in the end to protect Biden. Because it's like every day we get something. Yesterday, Fox Digital had something about new emails that show that Joe was meeting with um, Hunter's people in the White House. Yeah. That was yesterday. Now today you got this bombshell. So I looked up what this FBI form is. So FBI FD1023 is a secret FBI document detailing communication between an FBI special agent and an FBI clandestine human source. This means there was an FBI operation possibly running. If that's what the form is, you have to wonder if, was the FBI running some kind of operation and Joe Biden ended up getting caught in the middle of it? Phone calls or, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I hear what you're saying. Or were they running the operation on Joe Biden? Because that's what the intelligence uh, agencies seem to do is they focus in on people that they can grab into their net and then they can control. A secret document detailing communication between an FBI special agent and an FBI clandestine human source. Like Ray Epps?
13 to the hour, live from Studio 6B on a Wednesday night. Hey, look what the cat dragged in here. You leave the studio door open, you never know who's going to show up. The great David Zier has joined us. Mr. Zier, how are you? Good. Can I stay here tonight? <laughs> you can stay. You, you, got it. you know you have an open invitation. You, can stay, as, you can stay as long Always. as you want. Thank you um, so much. So what did you guys do tonight? Give me a, I, you know, stumbled and fumbled around trying to describe it. Why don't you give us the formal um what what your special is about uh, well we had an exceptional night uh i recorded a uh real america's voice news special report for the j6 families including uh, ashley babbitt's mother mickey whithoff who's amazing uh gary mcbride who's got this extraordinary library of j6 videos that blow your mind um and i also had gary i also had tommy tatum who tried to rescue roseanne boylan on the steps of the capitol and watched her turn blue after the final strike of a club to her head um and you know they brought it back inside and tried to revive her but it was too late um and uh, it was a great lineup uh and nicole reffitt whose husband who was a roughneck an oil driller from decatur texas whose son turned him in before J6, unlike December 26th, contacted the FBI, and uh, he was at the rally. Uh, the son uh, apparently was indoctrinated and brainwashed in the liberal school system and uh, made him hate his father for his conservative views. Um, and uh, what was extraordinary about what happened um, is that, you know, he didn't do anything wrong at the J6 event. He was standing on the stairs and he's being charged with obstruction and all these other things, which carry like a sentence for like 20 years. And it's extraordinary. He's been sentenced to seven and a half, and now they want to expand the charges. So these people aren't getting justice. They're held without, um, you know, with, without a due process, a right to a speedy trial. And uh, her story is amazing, and you got to hear it. So we will be airing that special uh, in a couple of days. I will keep everyone apprised of when that will air. Uh, but these people were truly amazing. We had a live studio, studio audience at the America First Warehouse, uh, and we have John Solomon coming for a live event, special report on May 17th, and others, and Gordon Cheng coming in June, and others. so uh, it was a really special night, and we got to hear uh, the truth about what really happened on J6, and Donna Fiducia from Cowboy Logic joined us uh, via phone in the last block uh, because she's done so much for Mickey Whithoff and the J6ers and the vigils that they hold. Yeah. So if you want to hear... You know, what really happened on January 6th? You know, you could talk about this stuff for like eight days, so it's hard to encapsulate it in a one-hour sure. special. Yeah. But we tried to make it the most impactful. I got great video. I got video that most people haven't seen, including picture of Ashley Babbitt well, punching somebody. Just, yeah, that's what I was just going to ask you. Cause who I, was breaking I, the windows. She didn't want them destroying the property. So when I came over there uh, earlier this afternoon to see the great Harry on the highway, and I saw you, and uh, you were getting ready and all that, uh, the first thing Joe the Box said to me, the owner of the first America's First Warehouse, was the footage. Talked about the footage, footage, footage. And I didn't, I was unclear on if it was footage like that, the, the footage that Tucker had also gotten and then didn't, you know, showed one or two nights and then never showed it again. So what was the surprise footage or where did well, this footage come from and why has no one seen it? People on the panel uh, think that Tucker was giving footage that was acceptable to them to re release. Um, and most of the footage, um, is, has been available that we showed, uh, on the, uh, special report, but most people haven't seen it. And this picture of Ashley Babbitt 
trying to tell everybody to stop destroying the property and breaking the glass to the doors. And she was yelling through the doors, get back up, get back up. And uh, she actually struck a man who wouldn't listen and was continuing to break and damage the doors. But a lot went on in that hallway and they were led down there. You know, they were uh, not escorted, but they were followed by Capitol Police and nobody asked them to leave. So we have got extraordinary footage of that. And we also have a footage of Capitol Police, you know, like eight of them, you know, striking a man, uh, beating him, just beating him. You know, and there was like eight of them on top of them. Maybe that was unnecessary. And time will tell as more of this video uh, gets released. We also have uh, video and closed caption, closed circuit video of Capitol Police inside the Capitol, you know, taking people out of the tunnel and people were getting hurt. And um, so we'll see, um, you know, where that goes. Uh, but it's important for people to get involved and get active. And everybody's got to go to that corner with the uh, J6 vigil where the prisoners are um, because, um, you know, the truth has to get out there. And these people need help. Their families are torn apart. There's no due process. There's no right to a speedy trial. There's charges of sedition and conspiracy of people who are just walking around the Capitol. Who opened the 20,000-pound mag- 20, magnetic doors? And people walked over there peacefully, like Tommy Tatum wasn't even supposed to go to the Capitol. He just went down there with his friends to hear Trump speak. He wanted to document it. Mm-hmm. And then they were going to go see sites after that. But then the stops the steel protest was going on. And they walked over to check it out. And things turned ugly very very fast. So I think our audience will enjoy this just to get a little bit more yeah. uh, of the word out there. So, um, so that, that's coming up on Real America's Voice. Stay tuned. We'll give you the date as soon as we know the date it's going to air. It shouldn't be too long between now and then. Um, and then you've got your America's First Warehouse speaking uh, events, like you said, that we do live. And we've been, you've been gracious enough to let us talk to some of your guests in that first segment after you, you guys go off the air. Yeah. Which has been great, and you said uh, let's, you got John Solomon coming. John Solomon, uh, Gordon wow. Chang, and Frank Gaffney. I'm um, working on Trevor Loudon and uh, working on Carrie Lake. We'll see where it goes, but uh, great events. I got some exciting things going on. I covered Trump in New Hampshire last week. I'm going to Iowa next Friday. He'll be in Iowa because that's an important state for him. Boy, I tell you, all, I mean, obviously, I love everybody you mentioned, uh, especially the great John Solomon, who will join us tomorrow night to talk yeah. about his new children's book that's out that I saw. Um, but I'll tell you the most important one for me that I'll be most interested in is Gordon Chang. Yeah. Given what is going on in the world right now. It's timely. It's timely for sure. And tomorrow night I'll be with the Vietnamese for Trump at Mar-a-Lago. Um, so that should be a great, cause I interviewed Vietnamese for Trump up in New Hampshire. They're a strong thing. They came, they're boat people. They were invited by Reagan to come here. They're very conservative family values. They love America. Unlike a lot of people here. Yeah. All right. Uh, David Zier in the America's First Warehouse to keep an eye out for the J6 special and then all the great stuff he's got coming up. And of course, you always see him here on Live from Studio 6B. And if you want to hang here, you can hang. And if not, um, thanks for stopping in and letting us know what's going on. And we will obviously promote the special when we know the air date. So thank you so much, guys. uh, Let's do some sports before we run out of time. And then we'll do some more when we get back with Slick Rick. Sports is brought to you by Mike Lindell and MyPillow. What's going on, Slick Rick? All right, update on some scores right now up in Boston Celtics. Looking good with a commanding 47-38 lead over the Sixers. 4.56 to go in the second. Philly up 1-0. And uh, Celtics are looking to uh, hold serve here and, uh, and win this game tonight. So we'll see what happens with that. Some other good games last night. The Knicks came back and beat Miami Heat, and now they tied that series 1-1. That's East first round as well. And the Lakers, much to Damon's chagrin, did beat the Golden State Warriors <laughs> last night uh, on the road in Golden State, and now they lead that series 1-0 
as well. We'll have track of all the NBA games. And also, let's get to the NHL. The Devils right now trailing the Hurricanes 3-1, to one, end of two, looking to uh, get the first win there, the Hurricanes, to go up one nothing in Game 1. And the Golden Knights in Vegas hosting the Oilers, 9.30 puck drop. We'll keep you updated on that as well. Give you a couple of quick scores. Looks like the Mets are in trouble. Tigers 8-1 right now, end of 8. Braves continue to beat up on the Marlins, 13-6, bottom 7. And uh, the Rays over the Pirates, 8-1, bottom 8, Cubs and Nationals. Tied at one. I'll get to one really quick story here, Big D. U.S. track and field gold medal Olympian Tori Bowie dies suddenly at the age of 32. Warner Todd Houston of Breitbart, American gold Olympic medal winner in track and field. Tori Bow has died unexpectedly at the age of 32, according to reports. The former sprinter was found dead at her home Tuesday, according to TMZ. No cause of death was revealed. And, of course, the family's devastated. Uh, she had a, a great run uh, back in uh, 2017. Uh, she was the world's fastest woman in the 100-meter dash at the 2017 IAAF World Championships in the U.K. with a 10.85 run. So, so she's in pretty good shape is yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, as usual, no cause of death. Yeah. This continues. That's the way it goes. All right, hour two coming up live from Studio 6B on a Wednesday night. We're back right after this. What even is that coming up? Studio 6B as I smash the desk with my microphone on a Wednesday night hour to 9 p.m. on the East Coast. Glad you're in. Sick Rick's got sports. Delgado's going to do some news. Aaron and Fran holding it down as always. What even is that coming up here in just a second? Uh, great David Zier just was nice enough to jump over to tell us about his special tonight that's going to air. We'll let you know when that is. Uh, he's got some great speakers coming up, huh? Yeah. Great John Psalm will be here in New York. Man, nice. I'll have to get him, get him over here on a, a, between 8 and 10. Sweet. So I can get him to sit in for the two hours. Be awesome. Yeah, good luck with that. Probably doesn't want to ruin his career. <laughs> exactly. <so>. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah, Dame, That's I love true. you guys, but uh, sorry. No thanks. <laughs> Small doses, Dame. Small doses. <laughs> love the show. Got to go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, someone from his office texted me, "Can he come on to uh, put his book?" You know, I, I said, "I said here, here's my standing offer. John can come on. If John texts me right now and said I want to jump on, I would tell friend to call him up. He'd be on in five seconds. Right. Yep. John can come on any time he wants on any show for any reason. That's my standing offer with John." So, but I don't, uh, getting Absolutely. him here in person for <laughs> that, that's just, 
We're going to test the limits of our... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> of, of, of that friendship. Yeah. Something like that. It's like, wow, I really liked you over text, Dana. <laughs> John, where are you? I had to catch an early flight. Well, that sounds like Harry in the background. No, it's not. <laughs> I'm not in New York anymore. <laughs> He's not driving me back home. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I can't blame him. So, all right, live from Studio 6B. It's time now for one of my new favorite segments here on the show. <laughs> And that, of course, would be Rick Delgado with what even is that? <laughs> All right, David. It's just like a, it's a uh, dramatic pause. Yeah, dramatic it's, pause. It's a pregnant pause, they call it in the business. You know, uh, every time I think, hey, can things get any more messed up? And it is in that moment that I think, no. No, they can't. That I'm reminded. Wrong. Try again, dumbass. That's right. (laughs) That's because, well, there's always going to be people out there to make you put your face in your palms and go, what (laughs) even is this? Seriously, I mean, how else would you explain this headline? From transgender to transabled. Now, people are choosing, choosing to identify as handicapped wait what yes you heard that right because identifying yourself is a new it thing and people are now choosing to identify as handicapped okay yeah can you say that we have a mental health crisis in this country i mean some people are so desperate for attention that they will now do or identify as anything for someone anyone to notice them. From the article, check this out. Transableism is a newer term for BID. BID stood for uh, Body Integrity Identify Identity Disorder, in which a person actually identifies as handicapped. BID has been relabeled. See, see, there they are, changing the words again to gain acceptance and to distract you from the fact that the person has a mental disorder. Now, as I was saying, BID, B-I-I-D, has been relabeled to transableism because, of course, that just slides off the tongue to align with today's trans community. The point of changing the identifier from a psychiatric condition, BID, to an advocacy term, transableism, is to harness the stunning cultural power of gender ideology to the cause of allowing doctors to treat bid patients by wait for this amputating healthy limbs snipping spinal cords or destroying eyesight yes i'm sure right after the, the, the right 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 after i say do no harm in the hippocratic oath it also says unless of course you have a person with a mental problem and they want you to amputate their healthy limbs snip their spinal cords or destroy their eyesight on purpose <laughs> i'm blind <laughs> Now, I love that. In one case of bid, a Norwegian woman named Joran Victoria Almi, who's uh, 53, she's a senior credit analyst in Oslo, Norway. She identifies as disabled and uses a wheelchair, even though she has no physical handicap. Now, most of us would just call her lazy. Uh, not surprisingly, though, here's where it gets it. It also says here that Almi is also, you guessed it, transgender. Of course. 
Almey said in an interview on the morning show, uh, Good Morning Norway, that's been a lifelong wish to have been born a woman paralyzed from the waist down because nothing says you're of sound mind than pretending to be handicapped. I mean, hey, I get it. It's cool. You get a nice parking spot right right up there at Walmart. Or or maybe you want to identify as being mentally challenged. So you can you know watch <laughs> watch your favorite daytime TV you show go. and really feel like you belong. Yeah. Or Maybe you just want to identify as blind, like Nancy here, so she can claim ignorance to the fact that her husband, Paul Pelosi, is the Tyler Durden of the men's only 2 a.m. Naked Hammer Fight Club. And you know what they say? First rule of pedo club is don't talk about pedo club. Right. But no, really, nothing to see here, folks. Uh, But the craziest thing, though, is that this whole thing, it's not new. Uh, according to this uh, Daily Caller headline, they actually had an article back on this in 2015. And in the article, this professor from St. Thomas University, Clive Baldwin, who studied transibility for years and claims to identify a grand total of 37 people who are transabled. That's a big number. Uh, one person he spoke to wanted to become blind. Another wanted a penectonomy, whatever that is. I guess, the, I guess you could say it's the removal of the man's... Oh, I mean, I mean, wiener? Any of you kids want another wiener? Dad, what's that? I don't know, son, but it's got great big nuts. Hot, salty nuts. Who wants some, Lord Almighty? That looks just like my husband. One-eyed monster. Step right up and see the one-eyed monster. Yeah. Ah! Yeah. See, I guess guess you learn something new every day. Yeah. Look, the bottom line is this. The acceptance of the whole trans nonsense is further opening the doors to the acceptability of non-treatment of obvious mental illnesses. And until we get comfortable with pushing back on all of this, the left will continue to try and use and abuse these people they claim they have an affinity for, all the while weaponizing these damaged people to further confuse and obfuscate reality, which just so happens to be one of the tenets of Marxism. And if you've been paying attention, as you see from this headline we now find out that chelsea clinton and her pal seem to be really into sexualizing kids as early as they can sorry chelsea it's gonna be a no-go on the pedo damon back to you all right rick delgado with what even is that so well that's about that's about the strangest thing i think i've ever heard oh i found something else that's gonna really poach your potato the next one but yeah, that's uh, that's some crazy stuff that people are actually that they, they actually seek out doctors who will do this to them. That's the, that's the craziest part, and that the doctors will do it. Man, oh man! So transableism, get ready. They're going to demand you accept them for who they are, and you'll probably see them on the next Bud Light advertising campaign. Unbelievable. All right, Rick Delgado, what even is that? Uh, More news with him coming up as well. Sports with Slick Rick. So let's get back to the Biden breaking news tonight. Um, John Solomon, let's get to a couple of different videos. Number one, Solomon uh, had on Representative Scott Perry uh, to talk about this. And uh, here's a little bit from from that discussion. Senator Chuck Grassley and House Oversight Chairman 
Uh, James Comer released a letter divulging that there is an FBI document. It's known as a 1023 form. It's a form used when you're handling a confidential human source and he or she provides sensitive information. There is a uh, form that the FBI has in its possession alleging, including allegations, that President Joe Biden as vice president was part of an influence peddling scheme to trade policy for money. It's an allegation but it stands in FBI documents and Senator Grassley and Congressman Comer want to know, did the FBI investigate that or did they sweep that under the rug like so many other things in the Biden world? We're going to start right off a little different format. I'm going to bring my co-host Amanda Head in from Los Angeles. We're very lucky. We got just a few minutes with him. Congressman Scott Perry, one of the most important voices in the investigation of Hunter Biden and all things accountable accountability in Washington. He joins us. We're going to bring him right in at the top of the show here, Amanda. Congressman, great to have you. Thank you for taking a few minutes with us. Well, it's great to be with you, John. And, you know, we keep talking about this and I keep saying, you know, where there's smoke, there's obviously some fire. And there seems to be I keep on saying there's a lot of smoke, but every day it's even more. And of course, this revelation, you know, we've been going through the suspicious activity reports. Uh, we've been looking at uh, the, the news reporting. And as you know, I sent a letter because um, I have concerns and many people have concerns that the the FBI and the IRS is only looking at recent activity. Meanwhile, we know for sure, because Hunter Biden said so uh, in his laptop and so does his associates, that he essentially evaded paying taxes on hundreds of thousands of dollars. John and Amanda, you try that at home and you're probably going to jail. Um, <laughs> so we want to make sure that, uh, th that the law is being meted out even handedly. But of course, these revelations about an, uh, you know, an FBI whistleblower lead to a couple things, which not the least of which is was Joe Biden involved in some influence peddling thing or is it, you know, is this racketeering at the at the grander scale? Uh, and what has the FBI done about this? Is this a case that's already been closed because it's investigated or has it been swept under the rug? And if that's the case, who's making those decisions? And can we trust the FBI to actually seek justice fairly for all Americans or is it justice for some and then other folks get a pass? That's what we need to know. Yeah, there you go. Um, go ahead. No, I was just going to oh. say, oof. And, and, you know, when you hear some of the things that they're talking about, um, bribery is, is one of the main words that comes out of that whole thing. MTG was on uh, War Room in the afternoon. Uh, here's what she had to say about it. It's a smoking gun, and I'm just curious, you know, because the Biden family has been engaged in business deals with basically every country under the sun, right? It could be Ukraine, Russia, China, Iraq, who knows? And if you're talking about not just Joe Biden, but the entire family, you just, I mean, increase the number of countries that they've done business with exponentially. Do we have any mm -hmm. idea in terms of the time frame of this business deal, what country they were dealing with? My money's on China. Maybe Ukraine, since they've gotten a pretty favorable treatment from the Biden regime as of late. But do we have any kind of insight into what exactly this deal, this pay for play, what exactly, at least on the pay side or even the play side, uh, what was exchanged? Uh, we do know. We do know the country and it's, it's more than one. Um, but I can't reveal that at this time. We've we've got to work our process on the oversight committee. But this is something the American people deserve to know about. And I want to tell you, I am so grateful for the dedicated work of our staff on the Oversight Committee. I'm so grateful that Jamie Comer is the chairman of Oversight. And I'm also very grateful to Senator Chuck Grassley. 
um, for working with this whistleblower and bringing, helping bring him forward to help us have this information. And I wanna make something very um, public right now. This whistleblower fears for his life, is fearing for his life. So, I mean, I ask for prayers for this whistleblower. Uh, prayers of protection um, for his life and, and all. Mm. All right, more about, more with this when we get back. Purifiers are the same. Why did the U.S. Department of Defense select EnviroCleanse to protect and purify their air on board our Navy ships? Well, I'll tell you why. Because EnviroCleanse advanced mineral technology goes beyond ordinary HEPA filters to destroy airborne illness causing cold and flu viruses, including COVID. EnviroCleanse is the new science in air purification, and now you can order one for your home. This is how you how this is how you help stop colds and flu from taking your whole family down. This is how you destroy allergy and flaming toxins and mold from the air that your family breathes. In fact, this hospital grade technology is so powerful that it promises far fewer colds and allergies and a better night's sleep. So visit ekpure.com, ekpure.com and use code America for 10% off your EnviroCleanse home air purification unit. You'll also receive a free air quality monitor plus fast free shipping. That's a $150 savings. That's ekpure.com, ekpure.com, code America, ekpure.com, code America. 18 past the hour, live from Studio 6B on a Wednesday night. Let's do some sports. Sports is brought to you by our friend Mike Lindell and MyPillow. Use our code LFS6B at checkout. We appreciate it when you do, and so does Mr. Lindell. Slick Rick, what's going on? All right, big deal. Let's get to some scores at the half in Boston. TD Garden, game two. Big night. Six is up one game to none. Celtics up at the half by eight. 57-49. Looking good. Sixers should be happy to get out of there with a 1-1 split. And the Hurricanes right now over the Devils. 3-1 NHL. East second round. Game one. 12 minutes to go there in the third. Uh, the Devils are trying to find the net, but Hurricanes are holding on now. And Golden Knights and Oilers will be tipping off shortly. Like within the next 10 minutes out west uh and that's also game one there so it should be a good one and right, let's get to a couple of stories what's well, some disturbing news uh churchill downs investigating deaths of four horses as track prepares for the 149th kentucky derby one of the horses wild on ice was a derby contender before he had to be euthanized after an injury uh this is from isabel gonzalez of cbs sports four ha- horses have died at churchill downs since april 27th and two of the deaths are still a mystery these tragic events are happening as the 149th edition of the kentucky derby is quickly approaching in fact 
It's this Saturday. Uh, transparency is an important component of our commitment to safety and accountability in horse racing. We share the concern of our fans who have questions about the recent equine uh, fatalities at Churchill Downs Racetrack, and we extend our sincere condolences to those who love and cared for these horses. Read a statement by the famous Louisville Track. Wild on Ice last got injured on Thursday while training on dirt. While Take Charge, Brianna got uh, hurt while competing on a turf race on Tuesday. Per release, both were ultimately euthanized for humane reasons because the injuries they suffered were not something they would be able to recover from, which is such a sad situation with horses, as we know. Uh, the two other horses had died uh, were Parents Pride and Chasing Artie, who died on Saturday and Thursday, respectively. Both collapsed and died after racing at Churchill Downs. They were owned by Ken Ramsey, trained by Safi Joseph Jr. and Louis Says as their jockey. Uh, while a series of events like this is highly unusual, it is completely unacceptable. We take this very seriously and acknowledge that these troubling incidents are, incidences are alarming and must be addressed, read the Churchill Downs statement. So not a good situation. One of them was actually going to run in the race. So uh, you got to see what's going on there. This is something that doesn't happen, the trainer told USA Today. I'm shattered basically because I know it, I, I know it can't happen. The odds of it happening twice is in the trillions. I run almost 4,000 horses, and it never happened. It doesn't make sense. And then four deaths in basically a week. Crazy. Churchill Downs, of all places, where you got your Kentucky Derby. It's going to post around 6 o'clock Eastern time this Saturday. Big race. A lot of people are fired up about that, you know. Terrible situation. And, uh, well, one more quick story, Big D. Uh, I want to get to this one. We've got to see now. I might have a can- may have a canceled culture here. I don't know. Uh, hockey fans in shock after P.K. Subin's words about pop star live on air. He could get canceled for this. This is uh, Andreas Lillinus of Hockey Beast. P.K. Subban was a great hockey player and a real character off the ice. Played for the Canadians. Uh, it wasn't surprising he shortly after announcing his retirement was approached for a job as a studio analyst and panelist. And he's been doing a great job at ESPN all season long. Subban knows the game. He knows the content. And he's really entertaining to watch. This season, the NHL and TNT crew has stolen all the headlines. But many have praised Subban for his work in front of the camera and for doing his best to grow the game. Uh, but that last night, he said something that got fans talking and a beef with a famous pop star might very well be on the way. Subban talked about the Toronto Maple Leafs performance during game one of the second round of the playoffs and he wasn't impressed. The Florida Panthers looked hungrier and they eventually won 4-2. to two. PK, PK Subban feels like the Maple Leafs are missing something and they are and they need something to happen. Subban suggested that the Leafs pack a Lizzo-sized lunch quote-unquote if they want to do better in game two. So <laughs> Lizzo is one of the world's top performing pop stars at the moment and Subban's bashing of her surprised a lot of fans. Of course they came out on social media Absolutely slammed him, uh, and they said the PK saying pack a Lizzo sized lunch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Really, uh, he said. Well, it's because they're going saying he's fat phobic. That's a new one for me. Fat phobic is ah, the word uh, that's out now. So uh, people are saying they just want to watch the game without making criticism. Women, they took it way too far. He was having a little fun, but you know, Big D, got to watch what you say on TV. We know that, and uh, that's a wrap in sports. Back to you. Okay, I mean that's. Uh... I mean, I don't think I don't think she even tries to uh, hide it. Yeah, I mean, saying pack a Lizzo size lunch. I mean, that's a, that's a big lunch. Yeah, that's all he's saying. Pack a big lunch. Uh, well, you know, cancel culture. Yeah. I just wanted to get that in there. PK Subban. All right, Slick Rick. Very good. We'll do some more sports. Let's do some news with Rick Delgado. What's going on? All right. Well, uh, story breaking out of Dallas. Um, seems like a ransomware attack is hampering the Dallas police station. Uh, City of Dallas confirmed that a ransomware attack comp- uh, compromised a number of servers in its system, including the Dallas Police Department's website. Um, 
CBS News, TJ, uh, J.D. Miles reported that the outage impacted the department's computer-assisted dispatch system called CAD, which directs police to emergencies and other calls. The issue forced 911 call takers to manually write down instructions for the responding officers who were able to respond through their phones and radios. So kind of interesting. And, and, and in a statement uh, earlier this afternoon, the city said it's working to isolate the ransomware to prevent its spread, to remove the ransomware from infected servers, and to restore any services that are currently impacted. The statement also said that it's working to assess the full impact of the attack, but that so far the impact on North Texas and North Texans was limited. So this was a DDoS attack. Did you say what did I didn't hear? The this was part. a ransomware attack. Ransomware. So they locked up the computers and, uh, that's what it says. <clears throat> it yeah. took a lot of their servers offline that provide website information to the public in the area. Plus the computerized, uh, assist system for the police. Yeah. I'll tell you, I, I know I've talked about this before, but, um, the amount of money that it would take to firm up some of the um, the energy grid from an EMP attack and some of these things that you just don't ever hear spoken about. This country really needs to do some serious thinking about where we're vulnerable in the new age of, um, you know, these kind of attacks. Because you hear this and you just think on a grand scale, where are we vulnerable? Right. And it seems to be all over the place. You know, remember, remember, I think it was last year we had a lot of, uh, I don't know if they're still happening because nobody seems to be reporting on it, but uh, people shooting at, uh, at, <laughs> at the power grid at specific stations, um, which, it, 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 of course, affects the running of these things. Um, you know, so firming things up, especially whether it be EMT or, or some type of... Uh, other human attack on the infrastructure you would think would be a no-brainer but like you said you don't hear anybody talking about it yeah you absolutely don't all right live from studio 6p on a wednesday we'll do some more news we'll play a clip from our friend john kennedy today he had a Biden energy official in front of him, and he had just basically <laughs> one question he wanted answered. I'll let you know how that went. Here's a hint. Not good. House Republicans have unveiled their plan for an immigration and border security package. The legislation combines multiple bills that are supported by House leadership. The first is a Border Security Enforcement Act of 2023, which members of the Judiciary Committee debated and have passed. The second bill is the Border Reinforcement Act of 2023. It survived an intense debate in the House Homeland Security Committee and passed out of an 18 to 15 vote. The third bill is called the RIDE Act which was also passed after a spirited debate. 
House leadership led a press conference to lay out their plans to combine the bills and bring the border security package to the House floor for a vote the same week that Title 42 is set to expire. Currently, these bills will do the following. Require the Department of Homeland Security to resume construction of the border wall. Increase manpower to a total of 22,000 Border Patrol agents. Provide additional technology at border ports of entry to detect and prevent the entry of narcotics, contraband, and illegals. Reform our asylum process. Prohibit the Homeland Security Secretary from releasing illegal aliens. Imagine that. And also this one. Prevent unaccompanied alien children surges at the border in a humanitarian way, ensuring they are screened and processed expeditiously with family members and are sent back home with those family members. Significantly limit the secretary's authority to grant humanitarian parole so that the broad category-based parole programs cannot be established to circumvent Congress. Did you get all that? This is also mandating the use of E-Verify for all employers. If passed into law, the House border security package will end President Biden's policies that are causing the historic humanitarian crisis at the border and protect Americans from dangerous narcotics, cartel violence, and national security threats. I think most Americans would agree with these House Republicans. Secure the border and do it now. I'm Christopher Carter in Washington, D.C. He's <laughs> a little angry there. Chris Carter seemed a little angry. He's there. fired up. Dan now. He's fired up. 32 past the hour live from Studio Six <laughs> B. Great piece by Chris Carter, as always. We thank him for them. You On a be Wednesday. That. <laughs> I better. I mean, he might show up at the studio. Yeah. Um, it's like Rick's doing sports. Rick Delgado's doing the news. What even is that? Was at nine o'clock. Aaron and Fran holding it down as always. You know, I've been keeping a, been keeping an eye on a couple things. Number one, where's the manifesto from the shooter in Nashville? Still don't have it. Oh, they just, uh, there was a little bit of news on that. They're going to hold that back for a little while longer. Got more editing, release to, it. more editing to do. Yeah, they got, they got some more pages to rip out. Yeah. So. And the other thing is the Bud Light, um, Bud Light controversy. Not controversy, boycott. Of course, which there's too many Republicans that were telling us, take it easy, guys. Come on. Uh, I saw Eric Erickson today tweeted, and this kind of resonated with me. He said, corporate America should pay attention to this Bud Light issue. You are not witnessing a conservative, quote unquote, boycott, but but what you're witnessing is an American boycott. In 2016, Target store sales fell 7% after the company said men could use the women's bathroom. Now Bud Light sales have collapsed. Back then, the media could and did claim the 7% drop in sales was completely unrelated to the bathroom issue, even as Target then spent $20 million to renovate bathrooms to add private bathrooms. There's no denying the issue now. The bottom line is that Americans are not divided on the trans agenda, but actually pretty decidedly against it. The Fairfax Bar and Grill in Bloomington, Indiana is not a watering hole for right-leaning conservatives. It's just a bar filled with average Americans. When they told their patrons not to come if they were upset by the Bud Light stunt, the bar lost so much business it ended up having to apologize. Again, again, the wokes and media in their shared little bubble may not want to see it, but Americans spoke pretty loudly through their actions with Target in 2016 
and now with Bud Light in 2023. Yeah. So, and, and like you said, this is uh, this thing is still ongoing. It, it's not like you know, okay, we 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 kind of showed them after a week or so and things are back to normal. It's not coming back. No, and, and they're talking about how this may have just killed that entire line for Budweiser. And if you and if you think it stops at Bud uh, at Bud Light, think again because I know I'm I'm of the mind of anything Bud. Bud Light, Budweiser, whatever brand falls under Bud. Guess what? I'm going to be trying a lot of new beers this year, this summer. I mean, uh, there's a lot of smaller brewers out there, local ones, that would much more appreciate, you know, all of our business. All we got to do is give them a chance, and yep. they won't try and throw some uh, some trans nonsense in our face. But they, make they just want to give us good beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who make actual beer would be also right. another positive. All right, well, yeah. It doesn't taste like, uh, you know. Whatever. Yeah, exactly. That's a good point, Fran. So, uh, all right, one more thing, and then we'll do some more news. So our friend, uh, Senator Kennedy. Oh, he's our favorite. Oh, yeah. So he had one of these degrowth uh, climate change um, creeps uh, in, um, in testimony today. Beautiful. One of Biden's officials. And he had a question for him on their climate agenda. Now, we just did the crazy town climate agenda with the great um, George Carlin. It was one of our most viewed pieces this month on social media. And Senator Kennedy just had basically one question for the whole degrowth green utopia crowd. And of course, that is that they want us to spend upwards of $50 trillion to go uh, carbon neutral. And so here's the exchange with the Deputy Secretary of U.S. Department of Energy, David Turk. Have you heard of him? Of course not. No. No. Um, here's, here's how that went. Percent of global emissions. Yeah, but if right you could now. answer my question, if we spend $50 trillion to become carbon neutral in the United States of America by 2050, sure. you're the Deputy Secretary of Energy. Give me your estimate of how much that is going to reduce world temperatures. So, so first of all, it's a net cost. Um, it's what uh, benefits we're having from getting our act together and reducing all of those climate benefits. We're seeing. Let me ask again. Maybe I'm being. Right now. Maybe I'm not being clear. Yeah. If we spent fifty trillion dollars to become carbon neutral by two thousand and fifty in the United States of America, how how much is that going to reduce world temperatures? This. The answer should be in degrees, yeah, Mr. Yeah. Turk. Degrees is what we're looking number, for. Right. Here we None. go. Number and degrees. Here we go. Yeah. This is a global problem. So we need to reduce our emissions and we need to do everything we can. How much, if we do our part, countries. is it going to reduce so world So we're, we're 13% of global emissions. You don't know, right do you? You don't know, do you? You can do the math. We need to. You don't know, do you, Mr. Secretary? So we're 13% of if global emissions. If you know, why won't you we tell went, me? If we went to zero, that would be 13%. You don't know, do you? You just want us to spend $50 trillion, and you don't have the slightest idea whether it's going to reduce world temperatures. Now, I'm all for carbon neutrality, but you're the deputy secretary of the Department of Energy, and you're advocating we spend trillions of dollars to seek carbon neutrality, and you can't, and this isn't your money or my money, it's taxpayer money, and you can't tell me how much it's going to lower world temperatures? There. Or you won't tell me? You know, but you won't? 
In my heart of hearts, there is no way the world gets its act together on climate change unless the U.S. leads. Tell me how much it's the going US to reduce. You, ca- you can't tell me. Either that or you won't. Yeah. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> now, now, besides the whole, uh, the whole scam of the whole thing, which is, of course, why there's no, there is no answer. It just amazes me, though. That that's the best that this guy could be prepared for that question. How do you not know that question is coming from somebody? If you're there pitching your $50 trillion grift, how do you not expect to get something in the neighborhood of that question that you don't have any answer? You have no answer. Because, of course, ultimately, that's not really what this is about. It's not about the climate. It's not about reducing this or getting rid of that. It's about the degrowth movement of of the American uh, economy. And basically, they have no answer to questions like that. They've never even contemplated that. The money is what they're after because it's never ending in this situation. Well, it's, it's, the, it's the transfer of wealth, much like the never-ending wars are a transfer of wealth. Uh, same with, uh, same with the, uh, the whole green movement. Yeah, the okay. crisis is secondary, though. Remember that. The crisis of, oh, we've got 12 years till we're underwater. That was back in whenever Al Gore told us that when he was inventing the Internet. The crisis is secondary. The regulations and the money and the power is always going to be first. Right. Yeah, and it's funny because I saw something on this on Twitter where they compared pictures of a, you know, like a piece of land surrounded by water on both sides. I guess it would be a peninsula. Um, But it showed it in like 1932 and 2023. It looks exactly the same. Exactly the same. In in other words, sure, there could have been a little bit of sea level rise and probably went back down again a little bit. Because as we all know, but these people fail to uh, want to admit the climate is not static. It never has been. It never will be. It's, it's a dynamic system, which means it is always changing, always change. It will never stop changing, whether we're here or not. Shook off like fleas, as Carlin said. It will continue to change. That's what it does. Whether, whether we throw all of our money at it or none of our money at it, it will do the exact same thing. And that's what they don't understand is that the arrogance of these people to believe that this will affect the entire world. Okay, sure, of course it will. All right, why don't you just shoot up a? Why don't you shoot a couple of space shuttles up into the air and blow up some asteroids while you're at it? Why drilling into it? I like that movie. Me too. Okay. All right, let's do some more news. Uh, and here with that is Rick Delgado. What's going on? Ah, right. Well, this one is uh, coming out uh, from uh, OutKick. And, and it goes back to something you asked uh, a little bit earlier. The release of the transgender mass killer Audrey Hale's manifesto has been 
put on hold. The Nashville Police Department had previously told uh, the news that the manifesto was being revealed and would be released. People are interested to see what drove Hale to murder six innocent people, including three small children, at the Covenant School in late March. Now it appears that process has hit a roadblock. Metro Nashville PD announced earlier today that due to pending litigation filed this week, somebody wants to block it. The Metropolitan Nashville Police Department has been advised by counsel to hold uh, the release of the records related to the shooting at the Covenant School pending orders or direction of the court. So there you have it. There's your quick update. It seems like somebody is out to make sure that nobody sees exactly what was written by the very violent trans uh, trans yeah. person who killed those innocent people. I don't think it's going to fit too well with the left's narrative, which I think is why we're uh, probably not going to see. Yeah. And, and real oh, quick, by the way, getting yeah. back to um, what I asked the audience about, we, we have as much chance of seeing that manifesto as oh. James Comer has as of finding that FBI document intact, which the audience has got in at about 0%. <laughs> Zero, uh, zero times one billion trillion million. Yeah, it's still zero, <laughs> still which zero. is the percentage they have of getting it before it's either classified or it's disappeared. All right, more sports and news. We'll wrap it up for a Wednesday right after this. to the hour live from studio 6b on a wednesday night glad you've been a part of the show everybody as always we've been doing some news sports what even is that aaron friend holding it down as always we got time for a little more news and maybe well may, there may be some breaking news we're looking into it right now i've seen yeah. a couple things come across on social media but let's do some sports first and here with that is slick rick rick Amirati. sports brought to you by mike lindell use our code lfs6b send us your receipt we'll send you free merch from 6bmerch.com Slick Rick, what's going on? Right, before you give an update on this NBA game, remember I reported last night about Snoop Dogg looking to get involved by the Ottawa Senators? Yeah. He ought to buy the Sixers because they're getting smoked right now in Boston. They're losing 92 <laughs> to 65. So, man, to put it bluntly, this game's over. All right, let's get to the NHL right now. The Hurricanes have taken care of business and won up one game to nothing over the Devils. They're going crazy in Carolina. They beat the Devils 5-1. to one, And Oilers and Golden Knights just underway. Yankees and Guardians. MLB tied at three. Uh, let's see. That's in the bottom of the 10th. Extra innings. White Sox 6-4 over the Twins. Top of the ninth. Blue Jays uh, trailer Red Sox 7-3. Bottom of the seventh. One story I want to get to from earlier today. Good one. Yaramir Yaga always carried a picture of Ronald Reagan with him in school. And the reason is beyond heartwarming. This is from the Hockey Beast World 
worldwide. Yaramir Yaga always carried a picture of Ronald Reagan with him in school. And when Yaramir Yaga left Czechoslovakia for the NHL and Pittsburgh Penguins, he wasn't scared of living in a completely new country. Yaramir Yaga had been a big fan of the United States since forever. A year before he got drafted by the Penguins in 1989, it was Czechoslovakia's revolution that allowed him to fulfill his dream of playing in the NHL. He perhaps would have made it anyways, but it would have been without, it wouldn't have been without a struggle. In fact, when he attended the NHL draft, it was, it was the first time a Czechoslovakian player did so without a blessing from the government. Yager didn't feel strong for the Soviet Union, and neither did Ronald Reagan. He was the 40th president of the United States, and he identified the Soviet Union as the evil empire. And so did Yager and all of his family, especially since Yager's grandfather died in 1968 during the days of the Czechoslovakian freedom movement known as the Prague Spring. That's the, also the reason Yager plays with the number 68 on his back. Obviously, one of the greatest players ever, Hall of Famer. As a young kid growing up, long before he signed uh, his first NHL contract, Yager was in school, and everything he was taught was how bad the U.S. were, how they were the constant enemy. Yager disagreed, so he kept a photograph of Ronald Reagan in his grade book. Yager had to sneak that picture because if he got caught, he would get in a lot of trouble. Uh, one day, a teacher saw the photograph as Yager got graded, and Yager was asked to throw it away. He didn't. He kept on hiding it in his grade books, and uh, he did so until he graduated. When he played for the Penguins, he had American flags in his bedroom, and he would never forgive the Soviet Union for what they did against Czechoslovakia. In school, we were always taught the Soviet doctrine. Yaga said the USA was bad and wanted war. Russia was our friend and was preventing the U.S. from bombing us. Even my father didn't tell me the truth because he was afraid I'd say something in school and would get us into trouble. But my grandmother, she told me the truth. So Yaga always carried that picture of the great Ronald Reagan, my favorite president of all time. So that was a good story, big thing. And that's a wrap in sports. Let me get back to you guys. I have a couple of stories we want to get to before we wrap this. In the All right, Slick Rick. Very good. Uh, sports is brought to you by Mike Lindell. Let's do some news. So what do we got here, Rick Delgado? Yeah. Is there going to be possibly breaking news? Not, not that I'm holding my breath for anything significant from what I've yeah. heard on um, Hunter Biden. but I'm seeing it pop up in several places like Chuck Colesto. Bernie Carrick is commenting as well as many others regarding a uh, breaking news story. It seems like it came out on Fox first. Uh, federal indictment of Hunter Biden appears imminent on federal tax and gun charges. Uh, so we'll see what happens. I mean, they're saying it's in, imminent. I know they've been talking about it for a while. Are these just going to be just give give them a little red meat? Uh, we'll get them on the, uh, you know, the. Uh, yeah, the word is a couple misdemeanors, maybe one right. felony count that'll probably get. Yeah. Uh, They'll take a plea on. They'll yeah. plea it down. Meanwhile, It'll the be, Jason, uh, yeah. people who were uh, trespassing, <laughs> right, or jaywalking, yeah. <laughs> are looking at uh, 14 years in the electric chair. <laughs> After five years, Hunter Biden's going to get a basic slap Terrible. on the wrist right. if that ends up being what it is. Yeah, and somehow they're going to indict Hunter Biden. Uh, well, I guess I guess the tax stuff is not going to include. Joe and uh, his uncle, James Biden, and the other, you know, 27 members of the Biden family who are caught up in all this stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, But who knows what could happen? So we'll see what happens with that. We'll keep an eye on it. Of course, it could happen overnight. It could be uh, first thing in the morning. We'll find out what happens. GOP senators, meanwhile, have told Anthony Blinken he's got to hand over his Hunter Biden records amid questions about the role in the laptop story. This one continues to go on. Uh, GOP Senators Ron Johnson and Chuck Grassley are demanding Secretary of State Anthony Blinken hand over all records related to his correspondence with Hunter Biden. And and keep in mind, Blinken said under testimony, uh, under oath, that he didn't he never had any correspondence with Hunter Biden. Meanwhile, they found 
many, many emails. So we'll see what happens. On December 22nd, you provided false testimony, they say, during your voluntary transcribed interview. Uh, when asked at the time whether you spoke to Biden on the phone, you said, not that I recall. He said, not spoken over email or text messages. The Hill testimony has recently come into question amid revelations that Blinken was behind the letter signed by 51 former current and uh, U.S. former and current U.S. intelligence officials uh, during the President Biden 2020 White House campaign. Last month, CIA Director Michael, Michael Morell testified to the House Judiciary and Intel Committees that Blinken was the impetus for the public statement and the letter. Emails on Biden's laptop and the recent revelations indicate Blinken corresponded with Hunter Biden at least twice, appearing to contradict his congressional testimony. So we'll see what happens with that. Again, it could end up being, uh, they'll just kind of push it to the side, saying, all right, well, we got him on this, so we won't we won't pursue this any further. But, you know, seems to be Democrats are allowed to lie to Congress. Everyone else gets thrown in jail. Uh, the New York legislature has approved a budget package that includes, you guessed it, a ban on natural gas hookups and fossil fuel use in new homes as the state works to transition toward renewable energy. And it's kind of funny when you when you think about back to the uh, the Senator Kennedy clip we just played. Uh, the provision would effectively eliminate the use of common household appliances such as gas stoves in new construction. The ban will take effect in 2026 for buildings under seven stories and in 2029 for those with additional floors the washington post reported it does provide exceptions for restaurants manufacturing facilities healthcare structures and some other businesses though it's likely will face legal challenges from the state's fossil fuel industry gas is currently responsible for 46 percent of the empire state's electricity generation so think about that where are they going to fill that gap with 42%, 46% of the energy that is needed to run the state of New York? A comparable ban has already failed to survive legal scrutiny with three judges on the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals in late May striking down the California city of Berkeley and their ban on, uh, on using gas stoves. So. We'll see what happens. Again, the debate over fossil fuel, new construction will continue. And maybe that's something we can talk to our buddy, uh, our buddies in the uh, House legislature. You know, Doug Smith and uh, mm-hmm. Jody. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Anything else in the news? Uh, I got one more quick one if you if you want to. Yeah, we got time. Yeah. Trump DeSantis ticket tops Biden-Harris by eight points in a new poll. Yes, believe it or not, the uh, majority of U.S. Po- voters prefer a Trump-DeSantis ticket over Biden-Harris, one in a, a hypothetical 2024 general election race. The Rasmussen political media poll found respondents preferred the GOP ticket over the likely Democratic ticket, currently 51 to 43, and gives great insights into the 2024 election, said chairman and founder of Constitutional Rights PAC, Larry Ward. Trump does well head-to-head against Biden, but adding DeSantis makes the ticket even more powerful. So there you have it. I, I tweeted the other day a couple of back-to-back tweets. One of them was from Paul Bedard, who I like a lot over at the Washington Examiner. Uh, Trump runs away, destroys Biden, has got the lead, this, that, the other thing. Next one. No way Trump can win. He, he can't win. DeSantis is the only one who can beat Biden. I mean, these it is so all over the map with these articles and these polling places. Whoever you get, one's got this, one's got the other. I mean, just throw them all out the window. 
And uh, let's just let the chips fall where they may. We haven't even had announcements from people. We don't even know who's running. But as always, we salute our military, active and active, police, firefighters, first responders, EMTs, everybody on the front lines protecting us. Thanks, everybody, on the show. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks, Fran. Most of all, thank you to live from Studio 6B audience. We'll see you tomorrow night, 8 p.m., right here live from Studio 6B. We'll see you then.